live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, whole Kermitee. Frog here. Her ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 177 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve. This and other I'm, guy is... I'm Jarman. Very excited to jump in there. We're going to co-host the hell out of this. And Jarman, what are we talking about this week for 177? Oh, for 177, we're, of course, in honor of the new Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, coming out in theaters. We're discussing the third in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series from the 90s uh, movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Not necessarily called Turtles in Time, but we'll talk about that later. So it's also a rule of three special at the same it's time. It's a misnomer, certainly. Yeah, it's a double special. <laughs> double special. Two times the special. But before we get into that special, Charmer, what have you been up since last time we talked? Uh, yeah, I got married. No big deal. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. Is that really how long it's been since we've done an APOD? That, yeah. That's cause, crazy. Because Steve and I did um, our last recording. Was 176 like- on June 29th. Yeah, we recorded oh early so we could have two episodes in the can and get them because I had be gone for a while. And then Steve was coming here to Orlando. And uh, so we knew we had to pack ahead of time. So then we did eventually miss a week. And that was because I was all out of practice and stressed. And I that's OK. Prepped. We've been like we haven't missed a real week in hot minutes. So I know uh, it's our first time. All right. I think a change of life event is a good reason to miss one episode. So I think we did OK. <laughs> We're all right. I think we may have missed like one when I had a kid. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, those are the things. Death in the family. Uh, have a kid. Get well, married. If you want to hear more about Jarman's wedding right after this, we are going to record an all special sappy crap podcast. Another a podcast in our play unders main channel. That's right. Uh, that we retired, but we bring it out. We dust it off every now and then. Just for you. So we can guys. add memories to it. <laughs> that we won't bore uh, you well, here yeah, with I details. I went to Jarman's wedding. That happened. You did. And then I, let's see, uh, came back and I finally got the license plate for my car taken care of. So that felt good. Nice. Uh, because we bought through Carvana. Everything was very, very easy. But then the license plate never showed up. And so I called them and they're like, oh, yeah, we contracted this third party for, for the state. Uh, that does all the registrations, they were supposed to send it to you. So I guess you got to go to the DMV and like register a new one. So, uh, okay, so you guys can't just send me another one? Nope. So I went to the DMV, basically got told that Pennsylvania DMVs only do licenses. They don't do actual stuff. <laughs> okay. We then got sent to a third-party company just up, the, just up the road to do a registration. They said, great, so you need a duplicate or they need a reissuance. Great, so uh, can you, we have your police report? And we went, what? Why? And they go, oh, because you have a missing license plate. You have to go file a police report. Because in theory, it's somewhere. And I went, uh, okay. <laughs> Where's the police station? They sent us a mile up the hill. We go up the hill. And we talked to a nice lady. And we're talking for like 10 minutes. We're about to meet with a cop. She goes, great. Can I have your address? She puts it in. She goes, oh, you live in Verona. You need to go and file this with Verona PD. So yeah. we went to a second police station. Uh, and then... Got the guy to write us a report and then finally went back to the third party company thing and got a thing and got the actual license plate. Pain in the butt. Oh, my God. And then at the last minute, there was a panic because uh, we still have our temporary insurance card, which our guy hand typed. 
and he typed a S where there should have been a five on the VIN. So they couldn't finish the registration until we got a fresh one. It was, it was great. If I can add on to the bureaucracy of America, uh, I, as of last year, had high blood pressure. So I'm on high blood pressure medication and a medication to reduce my pulse rate because uh, my pulse was too fast and my heart rate was too fast, probably from drinking too much, being out of shape. So I've quit drinking and I'm getting in better shape. But until then, I need to be on blood pressure medication and pulse medication. So it was running out. And so since I last got it, I changed from something called a PPO insurance, medical insurance, to a HMO because I started making more money and then your insurance costs more when you make more money. So I had to I had to buy a cheaper insurance. It, it makes no sense. So under this PPOs, you can go to see whatever doctor you want, whenever you want to. Um, you can pick your doctors as long as they're covered on your insurance plan somewhere. You can pick whatever doctor you want. You don't need a referral or anything. But now under this HMO, I have to get a referral from my primary care doctor to then see my cardiologist who can then refill my prescription. So... I had to first go to my primary care doctor, charge me $75 just to see her, to make her write a form out to say I could see the cardiologist. I go to the cardiologist, it cost me $100 just to see the cardiologist so that he can just write me a new prescription. I had to take a blood test to make sure it wasn't hurting my kidneys or my liver, this medication over this past eight months. It hasn't been. I'm good. But it cost me $175 and two doctor's appointments just to get a prescription refilled. <laughs> So never go on H&M's or HMOs if you can avoid it. Those of you outside the United States, you're very lucky. Don't uh, diss your healthcare systems. Ours is terrible. So just want to put that out there. Bureaucracy is awful, as Steve just exampled. And now I'm exampling for you. Yeah, America. Oh, Oh, hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's one more wedding stuff. Come over to the heavy crap. But in the meantime, my German, I think that takes us to nerdy news. It sure does. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, so there's, of course, a lot of crap going on in the world right now, but one thing that makes it even more crappier, besides the writer's strikes for entertainment and now the SAG after strike for entertainment, we also have streaming services upping their prices and cracking down Mm -hmm. on password sharing. Disney Plus and Hulu being the most recent to up them yet again after doing it not too long ago. Hulu now owned by Disney, so they're kind of the same company. They upped them at the same time. And I just I'm calling the streaming time sadness because basically we're becoming bogged down with so many different streaming services that now people who are all excited about cutting the cord, we basically now have 10 streaming services that cost the same amount as the cable plan we had 10 years ago. Um, so I just want to ask you, Steve, as this is happening, how do you manage your streaming services? And you have all the tons of streaming services or do you get one for a while and then cancel it and go back like some people do? But how do you usually deal with your streaming stuff? So- we did a big audit when we moved. We really looked at, like, what are we actually using? What are we actually watching? Mm-hmm. So we put a few out there. The other, my tip is that um, during Black Friday, most the last two years, most of the major streaming services offer a lowball deal. Hmm. So for Paramount, it was $12 for a year of their basic service. Nice. So for a buck a month, I have Paramount Plus until November when I'll look for this again. Um, and yeah, I have to watch ads, but so much is 12 bucks. No, oh, so it's like with the ad supported one. Yeah. Yeah. We have something similar with, um, let's see the other one, a peacock, same deal, picked up a, a black Friday deal. And I think I paid two bucks a month for that. So for like 36 bucks, we have two services for the year. 
Very nice. We get Amazon Prime because we have Amazon Amazon Plus because we have Amazon Prime. Um, so like, and then the one that we do pay for and that I will always pay for is Disney Plus because of the kids. <laughs> Not only because of the kids, they have the Marvel stuff. They got Star Wars. They have stuff for me. I really wish they released more of the Fox stuff. Oh, that's true. But beyond that, yeah, I I have a few that I share like with other people, but most of that, most of it, like Paramount Plus, I have my own account just because it's Star Trek, and so I have to make sure I have access to Star Trek at all times. And they are really structuring it well, where there's a Star Trek show happening at all times. Like one stops, the next one starts up again with the next right. next season. Uh, it's a good way to keep you on the streaming service, and it works. And it has a lot of uh, reality TV shows in there for Jolie and and Pam, her best friend. And then, uh, and I get I actually get HBO Max for free through my for some reason when my fiber internet came with um, free HBO Max, so I don't pay for that. And then yes, we do pay for um, Disney Plus because it's all the Disney and Marvel stuff. Right. They got a good monopoly. I've got four or five streaming services. I only pay full price for one. That's smart. And we guys i'm not kidding nobody thinks about it but all these guys do black friday deals where they offer you a year for like a quarter of the cost or a fifth of the cost that's true and i'm sure they have similar sales like that in other countries that don't have our black friday prices yeah but yeah it's just it's it's changing and i think um streaming services and the way things are changing with the writing strike and the, the pandemic is going to change the way television works i even heard on a podcast today with roy wood jr the guy from the daily show and he was talking about how everything's on hiatus now, and they just changed. They just got rid of their host, uh, Trevor Noah. And he thinks that basically all late night television is kind of doomed because its big thing was lampooning the news for so long and what things were happening in the news. But now people are getting their news from different sources. They're getting it from YouTube, from TikTok, you know. And so they're kind of losing the thing that made them popular in the first place. And the format's so stifled. The guy in a suit on stage giving a monologue. It just doesn't appeal to people anymore. So they'd rather watch Ted in his basement with his ring light or something, you know, instead right. of so TV just in general Ted is changing. Fucking his ring light. Exactly. <laughs> so that, I mean, I yeah, I feel the burn though. I think that we're really what we're suffering is most of these people's overzealousness. You have Netflix, who during the pandemic got so many new subscribers, and because of that, they went into this frenzy of production. Oh, too much, yeah. This frenzy of production, they didn't grow organically in any real way. So because of this now, they have this huge inflated balloon they have to pay for. And the problem is, is that the people that want Netflix have it. It's not like there's brand new people popping up all the time. Mm -hmm. So that crazy exponential growth is over for them. And so now they got to cut costs. They're cut. All these streaming services are cutting shows by the just by the dozen. Yeah. And they're cutting shows before they come out because they realize they can make a tax break sale if they do that. And they, they shelve it and it never comes out. And the movies and stuff. Disney's doing a lot of that. Um, they're avoiding yeah, like Eisner being back. Like he's basically said, guys, we are pumping the brakes on all of this. Yeah. There's too much Star Wars. There's too much Marvel. We got to slow the hell down. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad plan for that. But I, just, I hate the idea of them taking shows off of their like old shows. Because they don't want to pay royalties to people. And that's part of what this writer strike and SAG strike is about. It's Look, like the best, the best thing I've ever heard is when they were like, oh, yeah, Willow's not going to be available anymore. And I went, thank God. <laughs> thank God they hid that shit. I hope they burn it all. Oh, I never got to see it. <laughs> Good. Good. It's awful. And the one Star Trek show I didn't watch. One, I have not met heard or talked to one person that has said that they thought it was good. That's so sad. It could have been great. No one. Oof. 
<laughs> it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> but we lost Batgirl. We lost uh, Star Trek Prodigy was a show I didn't get really to watch. It was a, the cartoon show that was Is that dead already. It's they took it off of Paramount Plus and it's apparently still going to have another season, but it'll only be on Nickelodeon, like on television and not oh, on like a streaming weird. service. So it'll at least be on Nickelodeon, but it's just, oh, well, it's gone. But that's oh. our streaming time sadness. And I think oh. that'll bring us on to our main segment. That's right. We're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, not Turtles in Time. Yeah. Uh, well, what's happening in this movie? The turtles are at it again, and their costumes look more questionable than ever. <laughs> April picks up an ancient relic from a flea market that ends up being a key to time travel. April switches place with a Japanese prince, and the boys have to go back in time to get her back. They think they're going to be take the place of priests, but no, it's the honor guard, and they've got a crazy, like, mistaken identity situation. It's great. In feudal Japan, an emperor is struggling to hold power against rebels, and he wants uh, to use the time travel scepter. He thinks it's like the great weapon that's going to save his family. It's like his family's birthright. Uh, but instead, he's being influenced by this gun-selling white warmonger. And his <laughs> the turtles find and free April who's been mistaken for a witch. They eventually befriend the rebels fighting against the emperor. And after earning their trust, the turtles have to find a way home. They try to construct their own time travel relic scepter, uh, but it breaks. And then this cute kid named Yoshi has just hit it the whole time because he didn't want them to leave. Oh, uh, a white guy who didn't matter up to this point, to the point where I hadn't mentioned him steals the scepter and the, the rebels leader and delivers them to the emperor and the warlord. The turtles attack the palace. They free some prisoners that orchestrate a full out rebellion. There's fighting in the palace. They defeat the emperor uh, by like kind of blowing up sort of. And the white warlord gets just, I think trebucheted. What was an onager or something? Yeah. It's just a terrible death. Uh, they're about to go back, but Mike, Michelangelo and Raphael don't want to go because they feel so connected here. And Michelangelo is pretty sure he's finally going to get laid. Uh, the brothers gather around the scepter. Mikey seemingly misses the time boat. The brothers return. An honor guard is there. He flees, but oh, he's replaced by Michelangelo, who decided to come back. Splinter does an Elvis impression, and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> what a description. Man. So, Jarman, had you seen this movie before? I had seen it a couple times when I was a kid and remember not liking it. Because I love the second movie. I watched it a billion times. Uh, Toka and Razar, so good. Uh, I, I wore out that VHS tape of Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. You're almost making it sound sexual, and I like that. Oh, I wore it out, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's I wore out. <laughs> Ruin the magnetism on that tape. Me and Ted in that ring light, we just went at it with that VHS tape. <laughs> but uh, what, do you, what do you think Toka's got going on under that shell, huh? He's got a big old Razar in that <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Um, and I find that I like it a lot more now as an adult than I did as a kid. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, did, I, I guess my bar is pretty low, but I was expecting it to be terrible. And the movies, compared to the movies we've watched on this show many times, this wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. That's fair. <laughs> you know, it, like, had a, um, it had a plot. It had, you know, things going on. And you know, heartwarming yeah. moments and such. So some things I like, they really emphasize the human connection. Talk about heartwarming moments. Absolutely yeah, right. exactly. I think that they pick too many directions though. I think the fact that both Mikey and Raphael wanted to stay at the end really diluted it. Cause I was like, Oh, they both want to stay. Okay. 
Like, it, like instead of it being one of their journey, it was two. And so it became less impactful. And they didn't do enough with uh, Michelangelo's journey. Like, it was like, well, why does he really want to stay? I don't really kind of get it. Right. Like, and it was clear that she loved the prince guy. So there was like nothing that was going to happen there. Also, he's a green turtle. Yeah. <laughs> he's a demon. <laughs> so it was just hard for me to be like, yeah, man, you really have a chance. <laughs> um. So I agree the human factor is really emphasized, which I liked, but I think that them splitting it up messed it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the costumes were good. They had good production value. I put that as well. Yeah. Honestly, you know, all the Japanese feudal stuff looked very, very real and all the white guy costumes looked real. Great sets and everything, too. I like the, creative, the creative use of the actor, the guy who played Casey Jones. Yeah, and he played had, two like, roles. Yeah, having it be his ancestor. <laughs> exactly. Supposedly, that was good. Um, but uh, so, so those were kind of the things I liked. Did I miss anything? Well, yeah, I put a same kind of thing. I liked Raphael's story arc with the little kid, Yoshi. I don't feel like we had anything that human, for lack of a better word, in the first two movies. Um, yeah. Like they had some moments with the pizza delivery guy in the second movie, but it wasn't that was the closest it got. Yeah. yeah. But this was like cute and like it made it showed Raphael like learning to be a little more nurturing and not so bitter all the time, which was kind of cool. Um, it had strong female characters, I think, which is rare in the movies we watched, too, from the 80s and 90s. Which, both April and the, the rebel. Yeah. Leader. Mitsu. She was Mitsu. she was really good. Um, she was she wasn't afraid to die. You know, she was going to fight. Um and the you know, great cheesy jokes, like in the other ones, all the puns and everything, very Muppety in that sense. Um, I could see that. There were some very big, like Looney Tunes-ish kind of moments. And a lot of 90s references and everything. Um, and the moments back in New York with the the honor guard, like going to the arcade and the bar and everything, that was just ridiculous and fun. I thought Casey Jones trying to control them, and it was just... Oh. Yeah, yeah, all the hockey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little awkward at times, but them watching the all watching hockey in a little tiny DVD. Yeah, watching them and then be like, all right, you want to play some hockey? Let's go. And they all start fighting, just beating each other up. <laughs> that was That's moment. how you play, right? That's yeah. it. <laughs> and that British guy, Walker, the evil white guy, um, I thought he was really great at chewing the scenery and just like I thought he was a, a good villain, you know, kind of one dimensional, but he was it was it was fun. I don't know. Better than having a shredder who says like, You will die, and that's it. You know, this guy actually had some turtles tonight i dine on turtle soup so what didn't you like about the movie um so the costumes i think definitely took a downgrade Mm. the paint job looks so muddy and instead of them being like little kind of peck spots to help define it i feel like there were these big goofy circles like they all had chicken pox you're right yeah um and the facial quality wasn't as good i thought the well i think the um the fighting was more on part. The silliness really got away from it. And that was just exhibited the fact that like, none of them really used weapons. Yeah, that's always what bothered me about the movies and the cartoon show is that they really hamstring them because they have these awesome weapons and they can't use them because it's for As kids. the second one. Like, they basically walked away from using the weapons. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sucked. Um, but... You know, there was a little bit of good acting. I thought both the emperor and the the white warlord guy was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just there's not enough memorable about this movie. Like in that regard, yeah, it's like a little romp. There, but like the plan to make their own time travel relic was just asinine. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. 
I thought also like uh, Splinters, something was up with Splinter because they kept having him behind a uh, like a wall. So oh, I like, yeah. I feel like they only they made like half his costume or something. Right. They didn't they didn't have a full body something to show. Yeah, that was weird. It was very they noticeable. Flashback, though. So that was good. Yeah. The voice was fine. But then like, yeah, it was just like there's only half. And also, Corey Feldman came back to play Donatello. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but he was a huge risk at the time, so they still only paid him fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, I did have that in my trivia because he was, was just great. like he he was on in rehab just like the month he's before in rehab, and he's like, I made fifteen hundred dollars last time. I want to make more. And they went, no. So we really just watched two of Corey Feldman movies in a row for Apon. We did we did by <laughs> accident? They're both the third movie. That's weird. How crazy is that? <laughs> but, I wonder how many more we'll find. <laughs> but yeah, I thought like. The Raph had great moments, but the rest of the turtles didn't really have any character development. I thought was sad. They missed that. Um, the fighting was there, like you said, but I think it was pretty subpar parts. You'd always see guys waiting around to get hit in the face. Um, and the racial and fat jokes did not age well. That was kind no, of, they did that stuck out a little bit for me. <laughs> a lot of Japanese um, jokes like, Oh, you're, uh, you're, I bet you're good in school. Like your people are or something like that. I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some problems, truly a dated movie does not held up the best, but you know, is it, it's a fun romp. Yeah. If you want turtles traveling through time. I feel like an episode of a TV show of the Ninja Turtles, not like a good movie or anything. Like a bad three-parter. Yeah. <laughs> so some trivia for this movie, uh, starting in this film, all effects company is what's called took over and worked on the animatronics for the turtles and splinter costumes. Jim Henson's Creature Shop was the company who worked on the mutant creatures in the previous two movies. That's why Steve was saying, like, the the quality took a little of a dip there. Um, the film brings back the character of Casey Jones, who wasn't in the second movie because the studio wanted an even less violent film. This is also why the Turtles rarely use their weapons in the yep. second movie. Had this movie not bombed, there would have been a fourth movie called The Next Mutation. It would have dealt with the turtles and Splinter finding out that their mutations haven't completed and they develop new powers. Uh, Mikey would have developed a human-like appearance that would allow him to go to the surface. Donnie's eyesight would have faded and would make and he'd make special goggles that would allow him to see better, which is a terrible superpower. Yep. Uh, Leo would change his skin to a chrome-like surface. Uh, oh. Raph would turn more monstrous and Splinter would bulk up. And there that's were, what we wanted. It was a bulky splinter. <laughs> I'm so buff now. Uh, there would have also been a fifth turtle named Kirby, but um, the accelerated mutating was later put in the later seasons of the Fred Wolf cartoon. And the idea of a fifth turtle was put in the next mutation live action TV show. And this series delivered on the promise of the fifth turtle, but changed that female to a female turtle named Venus de Milo, which I remember from my youth being very strange. Um, the film holds a 19% approval rating and has an average of a 4.10 out of well, 10. That's about 10% better than I would have thought. Yeah, that's on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus is it's a case of one sequel too many for the heroes in a half shell with a tired time travel plot gimmick failing to save the franchise from rapidly diminishing returns. That's what they had there. Mm -hmm. uh, for years, fans have referred to the film with the subtitle Turtles in Time, a misnomer that originated from the video game of the same name. Yeah, baby. Uh, SNES. Exactly. Good game. Uh, the 2009 DVD release of the movie branded the movie as Teenage Mutant, Digital, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Turtles in Time, officially cementing the subtitle. So in 2009, they kind of made it, just owned it. And they're like, okay, it's Turtles in Time. Um, 
The film takes place in New York and ancient Japan, and many scenes are actually filmed in China's Hong Kong and in Astoria, Oregon. That's where it was uh, mostly. Uh, okay. Uh, so no New York was actually used in the filming of this movie or or Japan, for that matter. Just I mean, China. you know, they say that Astoria is the New York of nowhere. <laughs> they always say that. It's I've true. heard that. <laughs> And that does it for Turtles in Time. We can call yeah, that now. We're, we're owning it now. <laughs> uh, well, that takes me uh, to a bit that I have in my secrets folder. Secrets. All right. So I've got two names for this. Now, I want you to tell me which one you like better. Mm-hmm. All right. My original one was, like, zoinks, Leonardo. <laughs> and the follow-up one is, cowabunga, dog. I like the like zoinks, Leonardo. All right. Like zoinks, Leonardo. <laughs> uh, okay. So both um, the TV and Turtle, Ninja Turtles have done some crazy crossovers in their time in comics, uh, but so has Scooby-Doo. Oh. So I'm going to name eight crossovers. You have to tell me if they were Scooby-Doo or TMNT. Oh, boy. Who did the crossover? And this is in comics or it's in a TV show or everything? Uh, this is across a bunch of different mediums. Okay, gotcha. All right. Are you ready for the first one? Yes. The Ghostbusters. That would be Scooby-Doo. No, it's TMNT. What? Yep. <laughs> wow. All right. Batman. Batman, I think I remember seeing that with the, the Ninja Turtles. That is correct. Yes. All right. Steve Urkel. Oh, God. That's got to be Scooby-Doo. That is Scooby-Doo. That <laughs> happened. Oh, God. Why? All right. The Teen Titans. Mm. I'm going to guess because of properties. I'm guessing Scooby-Doo. Uh, that is correct. Scooby-Doo and the Teen Titans. All right. The X-Files. <laughs> I I'm thinking Scooby Doo, and that'd be great. No, it is the Turtles. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> comic series called the X Files Conspiracy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right, Kiss, like Kiss the band. Yes, Kiss the band. I think that was Scooby Doo. That was Scooby Doo. Good memory. Yes. Good memory. I can't remember that. Right. The Adams Family. See, that one feels like it should be Scooby-Doo, so I'm going to go with Ninja Turtles. That was Scooby-Doo. You should just oh, got. Damn it. <laughs> All right, last one. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm. They would, uh, that'd be a great team up with the Ninja Turtles. And it was. Oh, good. Was team up. All right, that's it. Uh, let's see. Out of eight, you got five. Hey, more than half. Yeah, you nailed Batman, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Steve Urkel's Teen Titans, and Kiss. Not too shabby. <laughs> Not too shabby at all. All right. That brings us some radical recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So I have a little bit of a cheat this week. It's uh, a radical recommend. Recommend? Mm. So it's uh, people are probably watching it. Some people, a lot of people haven't been. And that's Secret Invasion. It's less severe than a wreck of Warren. <laughs> yeah, it's not a Warren. It's just like a, what? Uh, okay. And that was, yeah, Secret Invasion uh, on Disney Plus, Marvel property. Um, it was supposed to be a interesting spy thriller um, with um, Nick Fury. And he has to solve a mystery involving the, you know, 
the, the scroll who are taking over earth and cause they can change form into different leaders around the planet. And they have to figure out who's, who's who, and who's a scroll and who's not. And it just kind of happened. <laughs> Did you watch it? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, like most TV shows, it had some trouble getting going. And then the middle was kind of okay. But then the end was also not strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, they said they called it like a slow burn that just kept being a slow burn and never actually amounted to anything. <laughs> some things were good. Samuel L. Jackson was absolutely fine. Yeah. Was. Um, what's her name from The Queen was greeting it? Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman did was a, a, a shining moment. She was a standout. Yeah. Um, we did get some fill in the gaps, some justification and some background for Nick Fury. That was in fact, very interesting and helped to sort of round out other parts of the MCU. That's true. Um, but the conflict with the main scroll, the plot involved, the introduction of Amelia Clark felt like me fumbling at a bra in high school. You couldn't figure out how the back class work and you realize it was in the front and then you realize you <laughs> practiced on a front. Uh, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And it just, it feels like a, a meeting that could have been an email, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's great. <laughs> Cause basically like, Oh, we learned mom, some, we, go get soup. we filled in some cool gaps about, yeah, about Nick Fury that we didn't know what was happening in his life. And, why he was away after the snap and that's cool. And he kind of came to power and did what he did. And we could have learned that through like, you know, a couple paragraphs somewhere, but then the right. rest of the stuff around it, the scroll is, it could have been interesting, but they had a, a kind of lame excuse why he's not involving the Avengers. He was like, we don't want them to the scroll to get the sample of their, you know, DNA and then they can impersonate them. So we don't want them involved at all. I'm like, you could involve the Avengers to do something, <laughs> but like all these movies and TV shows right now are like, don't talk about the Avengers. We're not doing anything with them right now. We're kind of skirting around it as long as we can. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think they know like who would be the Avengers right now. Like the new captain America and then winter soldier, I guess, but in theory he's missing his arm. Uh, who, where's his arm now? I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, I uh, did. I just I forgot about that. Right. So <laughs> yeah. theory, he doesn't even have his arm right now. Yeah. Shuri, I guess. Black Panther. Yeah. War Machine. Yep. And now we, we don't know how long they're somewhere. Presumably. Yeah. Like, there's no clear front runner. They're setting up the Kid Avengers. Ant Man. Yeah. Ant Man. Spider Man. Trapped in the friggin' quantum whatever. Didn't he? No. He got out. Yeah, they wussed out right at the last moment. Never mind. (laughs) Talking about Marvel just fucking up repeatedly. I know there's been no like big successful movie this this summer. Samuel L. Jackson spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh god, hold on. Do we have the the sound effects? If not, that's fine. Spoilers. Okay, Samuel L. Jackson should have died at the end of Secret Invasion. Oh, I totally agree. I thought he was going to. Cap to his character. He's getting old. Him giving his life, redeeming himself. And in the end, the scroll find a lockbox he left behind that points out a planet he did find for them. That would have been great. Bam. Payoff galore. 
Nick Fury's done. We get a nice send off. We get something that means something in the MCU. No, no, they screwed it up and he's back in space again. And it's like, does he want to come back still? Like uh, the actor himself too? Samuel Jackson, like, like seventy two, right? Yeah. How we look? I feel like we look this up once a year on this podcast. <laughs> How old oh, Samuel Jackson is? Seventy four. You are seventy four, Samuel. It is time to walk away from this crap. <sighs> I like that they gave him a love interest, but now once we're now that we're in spoiler territory. There's you know, talk now. They basically made um, Amelia Clark, her character, the strongest superhero in the entire Marvel Universe. Yeah, she has all the powers. She has all the powers. And so it's like, what? So what are they going to do with her now? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, have you seen Indiana Jones? Not even seen the new one yet. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck that up, too. <laughs> Fucked it up so bad. Well, wait, we'll wait to talk about it till after yeah, I see at it. some point. <laughs> I'll see it soon. Uh, all right, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Wreck it, man. Ugh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so that brings us to some trailer reviews. All right, this brings us to part of the show where we review trailers and then have Gary Busey and Raul Julia rate them. <laughs> In some way. Uh, this week, I show Saw X, the 10th installment in the Saw franchise. <laughs> God. Uh, this one appears to be a prequel when Jigsaw just found out he had cancer and went to some miracle workers in South America who betrayed him and took his money. And that was the thing that drove him to do all this crazy shit. So we're getting his origin story this time. Oh, it's a prequel. I just thought he was still alive and this From, was like happening. Now he's dead in most of the later films and like his prodigy carries on. And then it's like stuff he set up well in advance. Like it gets really, I'm glad if anything, this will be the most sensical because at least it's like, yes, he's alive. Mm, gotcha. Um, so while I do have fond memories of these films, like this was the Halloween tradition for a long time, man, just let it be done guys. <laughs> yeah. Chris rock was pretty good. Spiral was pretty good. I didn't see that. One. That wasn't in this. It's not really in this. I don't think in this universe. Oh, that movie isn't in this universe. I don't know. That movie was so different. It's hard for me to tell or remember. <laughs> I only watched like the first two and it's now gotten out of hand, but uh, <laughs> at least they're doing like an origin story, like you said, but I think that's kind of takes the, the spunk out of it. I think the first one was so cool. Because no one knew who this guy was or what's going on, who's running this. And now you know all about him. You know from the beginning of this movie who's doing it and why. And so doesn't right. that make it kind of lose interest and mystique of the whole thing? I, I don't know. It just seems like. I get. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why would you anyone want to see this? And I don't like torture porn movies, kind of. And this is not quite torture porn, I guess, but it kind of is. So I just don't like, do the Saw movies usually because they're not that scary to me. They're just gross. And so I'm like, well. And that's the thing. At this point, it's just like, how many crazy ways can we kill or maim someone? Exactly. I love the first fun one for too. a little while, guys, but come on. Because the first one had a uh, uh, Kerry Ills in it. I love him. Yeah, that was good. That did lend some gravitas, certainly. Exactly. Princess Bride right uh, there. So this one, I'm going to rate it. Uh, so this is a weird rating. So I want you to go, to go in YouTube. Okay. And search Living with Jigsaw. <laughs> All right. And then I want you to imagine that that is just Gary Busey and Raul Julia. This you, I want you to watch it right now, Jarman. Okay. Live on there. It is so good. All right. I'm going to watch it right now, too. 
and playing it. It's one of my favorite YouTube things. So, what's it like cooking with Jigsaw? Not as cool as I thought it would be. I want to play a game. Okay, well, I want to take a shower, so... The toilet has been clogged with two ply paper towels and dirty socks. If you do not fix it in the next 27 seconds, it will overflow, covering your personal <laughs> electronic devices and filthy toilet water. To reach them, you must walk barefoot across a floor covered in razor blades. <laughs> covered in razor blades. Make your choice. Razor blades. <laughs> I'm like two seconds behind you. The wine in both your glasses has been replaced with the blood of a three-toed sloth. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. What, what, what do you want? Roik, what? You are completely surrounded by armed mousetraps. <laughs> armed mousetraps. The keys to your car have been force-fed to Bingo. You must retrieve them in the next five minutes using any weapon of your choosing from this open drawer, or you will not make it to the office on time. The choice is yours, Gary. Will you take the life of your best friend or be late to work for the fourth time this week? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Gary. 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 All right. Gary. So now now that we're back, that with Raul Julia and Gary Busey is my review for this film. <laughs> Perfect. What's it like living with Gary Busey? Not as cool as I thought it would be. <laughs> Raul. 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 What is Raul. it? It's Raul. <laughs> what? I put cat poop in both of your shoes. You got to put them on in the dark. <laughs> or what, Gary? I'm not turning lights on. <laughs> I don't want to see your face, Gary. TikTok. <laughs> Floor's mighty cold. <laughs> I don't think I can top that. I think it's the exact same review yeah, I have. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so people need to watch that video. Living people with Jigsaw. People say there's no such thing as the perfect review, but I think I just did it. <laughs> that is perfect. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the end of episode 177 of the Play on Nerds podcast. Join us next time in a couple of weeks. Where we're going to honor the great movie Blue Beetle, which I'm sure will be a smash success for DC coming out by doing a rule of three Starship Troopers three, also involving giant An- bugs. Another bug, another bug movie. Technically. <laughs> uh, well, join us for that. Keep on coming back to be our nerdy audience and we will keep on coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?